Hey guys, welcome back to the Moms Talk Autism podcast. Today we are going to be talking all things rumors, gossip. We are going to be talking misinformation versus disinformation. If you are totally confused but totally intrigued, then stay tuned. We'll be back. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, hey, girls. Good morning. Hey. Jean. Jean's very I'm waiting for you focused. to say hi. Oh, hi. Uh, sorry, I was... Oh, hey, yeah. Um, hi, yeah. The cat. The cat is purring. And so I was like, if I, if I extinct one noise, there's another noise that occurs. Um, is this a real okay. cat we're talking about or? Oh, yes. Oh, stop it right <laughs> now. Oh, okay. I wish, just, I wish it was the other we just, cat. We just I turned into a to, whole other podcast. That is, hey, that, this is a that, very spicy podcast. Right yeah. Now. That is your example right there of misinformation. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no. So you guys, we are talking today about misinformation versus disinformation. Yes, there is a um, distinct difference. They are similar in the sense of, um, I guess, being easily confused or some people not even realizing that disinformation is a thing at all. Um, so let me give you my best layman's example of misinformation versus disinformation. Okay. Do y'all remember? Do y'all remember when um, we used to play a game called, was it called telephone? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. So remember you sat like in a circle or whatever, everybody was in the room together and somebody started the um, little sentence and then it went around to each person and in order for it to to win or whatever you want to say um it had to be the correct statement with the last person so what usually ended up happening somebody in the middle decided to get funny and changed it or yes or (laughs) so okay so misinformation happened because somebody didn't properly hear Okay. And then they went on with what they thought they heard or disinformation happened when somebody, because they're a sneaky little, you know what, decided to change it completely because it was, um, you know, their agenda to mess up the entire game. Okay. So that is misinformation versus disinformation. I'm really proud of that, that you just put that you together. Like that? That you like was, that? That came to yeah. me. I was like, oh. I love that example. We just played that like last <laughs> Christmas, I think, with our uh, our family and the other family we were vacationing with. And it was so funny to watch mm-hmm. the kids get so angry. Like, 
you know, the older one doing it on purpose, like to, to, you know, get the girls mad Mm -hmm. and then the girls getting so angry or not hearing. And anyways, um, totally what it is. Okay. Here is the real life correct definitions. So misinformation is false information that is spread regardless of intent to mislead. Um, So the spread of misinformation happens often in our everyday lives. We human beings uh, newsflash are not perfect, obviously. We can all make mistakes. We all forget things. We mishear or misremember details. So a perfect example is like you're going to a party. You think that the invitation said 8 o'clock. And so you tell your friend, yeah, it starts at 8 o'clock when really the party was starting at 9 o'clock, right? Boo-boo, accident, made a mistake. That is misinformation. Okay. You misinform somebody, but it was not with ill intent. Okay. So disinformation, let me scroll on down here. So disinformation is misinformation that is knowingly, so intentionally spread. Um <clears throat> Let me go back. Let me go down, down, down. Uh, disinformation is very powerful, destructive, and divisive, and is is a common tool of espionage. Um, so think about like, ooh, yes, yeah. So think about if we're thinking on on a political level, like people will use disinformation as propaganda to either uh, bring down the other party or in order to bring up their candidate, right? To We're going to lie about how incredible they are. We know that they're not incredible, but we're going to lie about it knowingly, intentionally, so that we can get our, you know, so that our agenda is fulfilled. Make sense? Everybody following along? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jean? <laughs> She's good. I'm muting myself. I'm muting myself. Oh, well, so you never help. do that. And so now you're making me nervous. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Because the kitty's purring. The kitty's purring. Listen, stop, stop touching lap. the kitty, okay? Stop touching the I can't help oh it. You gosh. should see him. You should see him. Him. Look at him. him. Look at him. No, Jean, that's oh, inappropriate. I don't want to look at the kitty. <laughs> I mean, I will say he does look very comfortable. Why are we oh. calling it a he? <laughs> it is a he. It's Tiger. Oh, okay. oh my God. Oh, just kidding. I only okay, have you guys cats. <clears throat> Listen, back on track, back on track, back on track. Back to your regular regularly scheduled podcast. program. Oh my gosh. Can I even do this today? Okay. I don't Seri- know. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So you guys, I want to talk directly today about um, how misinformation and disinformation is what I would say directly correlated and and you see happen constantly with what we call cure culture. We have talked about this on our podcast. Um, I don't believe that we've got into extreme detail, have we? About this, we haven't had a no. We've none. kind of okay. Just kind of we've kind of touched against on, it, a brushed bit. against it yeah. a little bit. Okay, but we've had some um, some talks around it, and we've had uh, some issues come up where we've had people either be confused about what this was, or um, be maybe slightly offended. Uh, so we really, we really just want to share to you, share with you guys today how um, how misinformation and disinformation. Uh, directly affects us 
as a community and um, especially new parents in their, or excuse me, not new parents, but um, families that are newer to their child's diagnosis. So Mm -hmm. Jeannie, 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 Weenie, will you give us an example, (laughs) please, of like when you started, when you first went down the rabbit hole with Rory's uh, diagnosis, what were some of the things that you had heard? Um, Okay. So don't get into the super juicy stuff yet because let's save that. I'm not. Okay. I'm going to keep it. It's going to be like PG, PG 13 right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Perfect. It's very, but so, you know, it's when, when you first, when people start, when I first started sharing that Rory was diagnosed, you know, there was, you get bombarded, you know, with all kinds of information and people not knowing what to say, or mm. people think they're saying the right thing, or they're convinced they've heard this from that person. Um, and it can be hard to be discerning about you, you're so, you're kind of in a phase of like desperation and you're so porous and you're right. so raw and you're so vulnerable. And sometimes things can sound so legit, like, oh, well, yeah, well, that makes sense. Okay, sure, let's try that. You know, like you can, uh, the, your state of mind, you don't realize it, but you could almost rationalize it to be like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. And, yeah, you know, well, you really can quickly, draw Jean, those correlations. Just really quickly, because I just want to like a little side note to everybody, because remember, you guys, if you have not heard our um, stages of grief series, you are in, you are in, you are in your grief Survival. process. So there's a yeah. lot of, of, um, things are not, you're, it's maybe you're, not you're, you're necessarily. Not hyper, yes. You're in a hyper arousal state. Okay. There we so go. You're in a hyper arousal. Sorry. Okay. Continue Jean. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, and not being that I'm also currently going through lots of trauma in my life, I can probably speak to that very yes. yeah. succinctly. Um, but so the first things that started coming at you, or coming at me was like, oh, well, I heard if you do this diet and you use these oils and you, um, have you done, have you heard of the casein diet? And, um, have you heard about this doctor and you've, you heard about these supplements and, um, I've heard broccoli is just amazing for kids on the spectrum and like all of these things. Okay. And you are just bombarded with them. And then meanwhile, you're in your, like, you're in your searching mode and you're researching, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're researching everything. Okay. And immediately by almost no fault to your own, you're drawn, you, you could be easily drawn to like what you think is going to give you the most immediate results, the best results. And it's something that maybe you can, the parent can control. So if you can go to, um, a specific type of specialist and you may not know the ins and outs of that specialist. You may not really know if those are best practices or not. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, and, and honestly, then you start to only listen to some of those voices, particularly in those types of communities and you've kind of shut out the other ones. Um, it's hard fielding out what is legitimate good for your family and your child specifically and what can be a slippery dangerous slope Mm -hmm. 
And um, one of the things that it really hit a wall for me um, when a very good friend of mine who I had a lot of respect for, um, she was kind of a, you know, a, a what you would say cliche granola mom stereotypically. Um, and she really believed in a very like organic, holistical approach to everything. And so she kind of ran in those circles and she was like, Hey, there's this mom in this group and she has a child with autism and she quote unquote turned her child's autism around. And, um, it sounded so much like you. And I really wanted to share with you about her. And I looked her up and, oh my gosh, thankfully, thankfully I had already done enough research at that point to almost basically punch holes in what she was saying. Right. And that what she was saying was a direct result of her son's progress. When there were like, let me see if I can give an example. She was, she may have changed a lot of environmental factors about her her life for her family and her son, meaning where she moved her house, sensory diet. Um, she, she did, she did, she did actual like specific diets, but she also was continuing on with therapies. Okay. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times Mm -hmm. a therapist will tell you, you know, not to throw the whole kitchen sink at it, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you, cause you're not really, you can't then properly measure what adequately is giving your, you know, providing the impact to your child and what's not, um, and, uh, what's working and what's not. And Mm -hmm. my mentor who is in the medical field, um, had a child that's two years older than mine. And so she was two, you know, two years into this before me. And, um, she had expressed that like she had tried certain diets and said that people swore by them. And even her husband was like, kind of, he has a, he's a uh, registered dietitian and a nutritionist. And he was like, sure. I could totally wrap my head around that making sense. It had zero impact on their child by this. In fact, if anything, it caused distress because it limited and restricted the child's diet and became more challenging, but they saw no improvement in the child's, you know, behavior or comprehension or any of those things. But where they did see the progress and where it was completely measurable was with the therapies and educational supports they were providing their child. Right. So I, I obviously, I fell into that side of things. But you, you're wayward in that beginning part where it's like, okay. And you do, you, you want, you were like, oh, well, this sounds good. Or, or maybe you did hear it from a trusted source. Like I said, very people I trusted a lot and that I would trust in many other, you know, arenas, yeah, compartments, arenas of life. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was not necessarily where I could put all of my marbles. Okay. Right. And, and, and you, and it's hard to make that discernment when you're in this place of trauma. Yeah. And it also can almost feed levels of denial. And as we spoke about mm-hmm. before is that denial is a mechanism to kind of protect our brains, to set a pace for ourselves to reach like acceptance into where we are. So you're not going to accept everything right out of the bat. Like, even if you are very accepting, 
there's layers to this acceptance. Lots. So yes. there's, it's pacing with that denial thing. And so, especially with so many unknowns and why there are, there's been so many just medical discoveries and so much progress just in the past two decades alone, um, specifically in the past 10 or even, even the past five, mm-hmm. you, we still have a long ways to go and there's, it's still at, very much kind of in the still in the infancy phases of really kind of working out what the pathways are for our kids. But it doesn't mean that we fall down into the traps of like, as to say, you know, and we can go into this later on, but mm-hmm. a damn doctor. Yeah. Yes. Where, where, and, where um, we fall prey to, um, you know, I mean, very, very unhealthy treatments for our children and not right. getting them. Many of our children, mind you, not only need the therapeutic support, but they also need medical intervention. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not getting, you know, I know that prescription drugs got a bad rap for a long time. They still are a very <sighs> plausible tool and a necessary tool for us, for the functioning of our children and our, and, uh, our own lives generally. Um, you know, so yes. So just to like dissect really quickly for our audience, you know, you had this, you had this friend who, you know, is just loving and wanting to help you. And, and she maybe has never even dealt firsthand with, you know, autism or any, you know, disability, you know, uh, for that matter. And so she's just sharing information that she has heard from her friend that, that her friend claims really helped her child to be less autistic. And this, this friend was a public figure and Mm -hmm. has quite a following and travels all around the world and Mm -hmm. spreads a lot of this rhetoric. Yeah. And you have a lot of that out there. And so all of a sudden you then have to become hyper aware that that is out there. Yeah. Like you didn't know that when we got our diagnosis for our children, we didn't go, we thought, you know, okay, you know, we're all very, and I mean, essentially we all are type A, we're all type A people We're we're like, okay, what, what are our next what do we steps? Need to do? The next yeah. things we yeah. do, right? Yeah. Well, then you don't realize that there's, there's a whole divisive culture um, and there's within a lot of mis- our community, within mm-hmm. our community, which mm-hmm. is combination of misinformation and disinformation and how that impacts how you navigate getting your child help is actually just compounds the whole process, but yeah. it's really, what is, what's, what's worse is not knowing about it. That's right. what's worse. What's worse right. is not knowing about it because then you kind of fall prey uh, to these things. And it doesn't necessarily need to be in the beginning of the process. It can be even further down the road as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not to say, but I would say that your chances, you have a, the ratio is much higher in those, in that initial stage than further down, but you're still not, we're still not void of it. Um, right. as we go on. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Britty Brit, how about you? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, well, so I, first of again, all, oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, I was just going to say, first of all, it just, it, it makes it really, really tough as far as whether it's misinformation or disinformation, because there's new information yes. coming out all the time too. Yes. Um, whether it is um, medical or, you know, peer reviewed based from a university or some kind of, um, you know, hospital or it's- Educational um, model has changed. Educational. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Or a therapy or whatever. Like there's always new stuff because autism, in case you didn't know, is- fairly prevalent in our society. And so there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of um, research and money to be had. So um, it's there. It is it is overwhelming. And not only do you have to navigate it when you begin your diagnosis journey and trying to just even understand definitions and terms and what doctors to see and blah, blah, blah. But then there's always something new coming out. And some of it's probably very good. And some of it's probably really, really bad. And some of it's, most of it's probably just kind of somewhere in the middle is kind of where mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. And then you have to figure out that middle stuff, you know, what of this is good and one of it is bad because it's usually a combination <laughs> or right. it's just not appropriate for your kid. Um, it could be very appropriate for someone else, but maybe it doesn't work for you in your situation. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lot. It's you a know, minefield. when you, you obviously, because Austin's almost six, is Austin almost 16? How old is yep. he? Yes. Almost 16. Yes. So when Austin got his diagnosis, things were, so different. So different, right? E- I mean, even the actual diagnosis was different. Right. The way that they did the testing, the way he was, the way they, the language that they used. Yes. It yeah. was, there There was officially, it was Asperger's versus autism versus severe. It was just the the actual the definition of what he had or what he has is different now. Right. Um, we didn't have a number system with levels. Um, when he was diagnosed, it's it's just right. a very very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I mean, what would you say like then versus you know more recently with with like Ruby? What mm-hmm. what were some of the like the common like misconceptions or some uh, some of the information out there that was you know now now that you can now look at it and go okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of it was I, I was told and and embraced it fully that ABA was the way to go. And basically that was the only thing to do. Like that was the thing. And that was the latest and greatest therapy. And that's what I had to do with my kid. And if I did that with my kid as early as possible and as quickly as possible and just intensely as possible that we would have the best chance of six, like I say that in quotations, success or, you know, progress for him um, to be able to, you know, the goal is always to enter into school, you know, at an appropriate age level or a grade level as far as comprehension and, you know, academics. So that's kind of the goal. And I was told and, and, and went in wholeheartedly like, okay, we are going to, I am going to do the best job I can doing all of the therapies, especially ABA. And if I do that, then I've done all I can do. 
And that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. It was good for him and it was good for our family. I learned a lot because it was so intense and so frequent. And we um, we really kind of dove in head first. Mm-hmm. Um, I immersed myself in the world that way. And so I I learned very quickly a, a lot of stuff. And um, but I don't necessarily looking back now, we didn't do that with Ruby. Ruby's never had ABA. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. She's never officially yes. had ABA. She's she's done a lot of Austin's ABA, <laughs> but um, you know, as as a sibling, but but that wasn't appropriate or or necessarily what I agreed was the best course for my family when Ruby was diagnosed. So it's and it's not to say that you shouldn't do that now. It's not ABA isn't bad now. All of a sudden, I'm not saying that. It's just it's just not the only thing, you know. Right. So it that was and, a and- misconception. What, you know, what helps one child, you know, um, and, and every human being is, you know, uniquely their own, um, yes. whether they're diver- you know, diverse or di- divergent or um, typical, but, you know, what, what works for one child isn't, even if you had them both doing the exact same thing, the exact amount, you know, scientifically just perfect, um, mm-hmm. you're going to have two different outcomes. You you just are exactly. You just are. You know yeah. whether that is think, therapy based, diet based. You know, um, yeah. Go, Jean. Sorry, medication. Yeah, yeah. no. I yeah. think I think here too. What's what's worth pointing out, and you and what helps people by pointing by what I'm what I'm about to point out. What helps people and help making the discernments of um, that knowing. <laughs> You can't take something that it's a therapy, like a, for instance, something like a therapy that is subject to human application. Mm-hmm. There's going yeah. to be a higher margin of error, error. and different application. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. So it's also not, unfortunately, it's not a pug and play thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so anything that requires, you know, unless it's again, unless it's something that's a prescription, like literally, I mean, I know that our therapies are quote unquote prescribed, right? But like a pharmaceutical prescription where it is literally the same cut amount ounce every single time, you know, it's, you do have, there is a level of, it's all subjective, right? Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. how you have to, to rate that. And and our and our a lot of times too, which also is worth pointing out, is that not we, we all pretty much live, you know, in or around metropolises and highly densely populated areas. I wouldn't say any of us, the four of us, are in rural areas. Right. We have there's a huge amount of our population that lives in rural areas that are completely underserved and don't have they have little to no resources and they have to drive or find transportation to get to, you know, their, these medical professionals to even get these types of things. And, and so that also kind of puts them in a position of like personal experimentation at home right? as well, or like weighing out, okay, well, what are the things that I can get that are accessible to me? It's all about that accessibility. And so those go into, into weighing that. So it's, you know, part, you, you had, we've had, you know, all of us have essentially 
more accessibility because of where we live geographically and probably too, because we're white. Um, if, just in case that's a big, you know, right. Did I just, what's the word, what's the word you do when you like tell everybody the what's happening on the show? Did I just, um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. There, well, yeah. So there's, pri- there's obviously privilege. Yes. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Right. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is we're very hyper aware of that, but all of those things play into that and it does put these other communities. Yeah. At more at risk for this and and be, at a disadvantage, fall, yes. Pe- fall, fall more victim to misinformation and disinformation because of that. Absolutely, because then you're you're you are because many. I mean, and I've even the mom I coached on Sunday. You know, it's um, she said she's very you know she is very fluent speaking, but she she is first generation Mexican. The um, you know if she, many of them have a language barrier they get all of the information secondhand, right? Right. So imagine spending being a parent and getting all of this information secondhand instead of firsthand. Yeah. And that definitely it, sets it, you up for a bad game of it, telephone. Yeah. You're I was just going to say, it goes back to the tele- telephone situation, right? You know, it's terrible. It's terrible. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's why I wanted to point that out. Cause it was, you know, like that was a really good, really good setup. Cause that whole dichotomy or that dynamic of just when the, what it was like when Austin was diagnosed versus Ruby and also their diagnosis is their profiles are completely are, are different. vastly different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, there is no, and that is, I know that's overwhelming to not just have this pug and play option, but know that you do have more options out there than you once did before. And it's about, sitting down with the right individuals to carve out what the right course of action is going to be for you and your family. Right. Right. I think we can close with this episode. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's it's fortunate and unfortunate that the this day and age that we're in, correct? We are in an in we are in an, an overwhelming info society. information highway is we're, like a bullet it, train. I mean, th- this is, you know, perfectly stated in in on that the website where I um, gave the definitions of these is that you know this can a lot of the times create infodemic right so like like information overload of so many different people's thoughts and ideas and nothing that we can you know exactly pinpoint that this is the correct knowing understanding definition um, right you know whatever it might be with with it being new a new story being you know. Um, anything from, you know, a proper diagnosis, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, and it's, and it's great that we live in a day and age where we have at our fingertips, you know, the ability to know and look up everything, but it also comes at a very costly price that not everything you read, (laughs) both the things that you read are just somebody's opinion or are, are not 100% backed. This is yeah, a great opportunity right now to do a survey here in this group is which one of us didn't use Dr. Google? Did you not use, who didn't use Dr. Google when they first got diagnosed? <laughs> I, <didn't>. um. <laughs> I know it's so weird. How did she not do it? I mean, I don't, like, I don't that's, know. Can you imagine? Like, imagine I would, I actually want to swap places. I want to kind of be Brittany. It's like, <laughs> 
when you when you know when you when you go to Target and you have a generation of kids who work there and um, you ask them for help and they immediately pull out their phone and they Google it, <laughs> you know we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can, you know, it, it is good. Again, to have these things at, at our fingertip and to be able to, you know, look for information is great, but it also is very misleading. It can be very misleading and <laughs> I don't very traumatizing. Very traumatizing. I mean, because the first and thing I they'll say is the doctors will tell you or the nurses will tell you, do not Google it. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you do? You yeah. go home and you Google it. Yes, exactly. Well, I think too, I think too though, that like Brittany, when Austin was diagnosed, social media wasn't as right big. Now. Like doing stuff online wasn't as big. It's like when I had Maya. Um, and I think the struggle to now is that with social media, yes. you are fed information that you haven't even searched right. for. Yes, correct. Right? So I may have Googled something about autism for one reason or another. And all of a sudden on my Facebook feed, all of these things are popping yes. up and you don't know the source and you don't know how credible it is. And the problem behind that is because we are so emotionally charged, especially at the beginning of the diagnosis, and not even just at the beginning, but we've talked about yeah. how grief is, you know, yeah. you keep bouncing in and out of it. So you are so much more vulnerable in times like that to seek out the information that you want to hear yes. because it is an easy way to get you out of the situation that you are in. Sure. And- I think that is a really, really big problem because there are people out there that are feeding on that grief and they're yes. feeding on that fear and they're looking for the vulnerable parents. And if you're not doing something that is, you know, doctor led or science backed, you have no way of knowing if what you're doing is safe. And that gets very, very scary. And it's not parents who have like bad feelings. These are parents who love their children and who are searching and trying to, to fix and try to give their child like the easiest lives that they can. And so like, we don't want to pass judgment for people who have been in that situation no. because we can understand where you're coming from. Um, it's just having to really sit back and be so, so careful about the things that you are taking in. Um, and then we've had many talks too on, amongst ourselves about um, what is your intent? What is your intent? You know, yes. what is what is your intent going into the decisions that you're making? I know that I personally have been attacked on some level. I'm sorry. I have to move my mic. I'm trying not to bump it, ladies. Um, That's for Because tosh. Gracie is, yeah. Well, and whoever's listening that hears thunk, 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 and then. No, it was actually very quiet. Um Yes. Was it? Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. I can be grateful. Got you on the back. Get a 10 for um, finesse. 10 for finesse. Right. But I know that I personally have been attacked um, for changing Gracie's diet. Right, good. And I'm so glad like, you're oh, touching well, on this. You, yeah. Well, it's like you have seen an integrative doctor and Gracie is gluten free and you must be trying to cure her of autism. And it's like, no, I saw an integrative doctor because Gracie does actually have gut problems. And I do, I even in our family tend to try to err on the side of like more, you know, natural ways to heal things and working on her gut. And when Gracie eats gluten, she gets a really big diaper rash. So it's like, 
no, I'm just trying to make it to where Gracie's not consistently getting rashes and having stomach aches right. and, you know, eating gluten and all of a sudden her stomach puffs out to double the size that it used to right. be, you right. know. Um, and I know Jean has also had the same thing like with supplements, with using supplementation on her kids to help her kids help digest their food better. And um, I think we just have to be very careful when we're talking to other parents about things that they're doing because you may not know the intent, you know, behind the action. And then also just being really honest with yourself when you are seeking treatment for something about what your intent yes. behind that motivation yes. is. Ding, ding, like, ding. Am, mm -hmm. I, am I doing this because like Gracie is miserable when she eats regular bread and she gets stomach aches? Or am I doing this because I heard from some random page on Facebook that if I feed her gluten-free bread that she's not going to be autistic anymore? Like why, why am I doing the thing that I am doing? Yes. Um, so and I think that that makes all the difference. That that right there, Shannon, is like a perfect example of what we talk about when we talk about cure culture, right? And and whether that is amongst you know us as as non professionals in the community. Well, I guess we're kind of maybe podcast professionals, anyways. Oh um, but, yeah. but you know where we where we don't <laughs> yeah. hold a high we're you know medical that or we're not no. a nonprofit like let's say you know autism speaks or something like that where we have this huge um platform platform and and you know where what is again what does it all go back to what is your intention with doing this for this group of people your child specifically are you are you trying to cure your child or you know, are you trying to spread information about curing the um, autistic community or are you trying to help with, you know, ideas that can maybe, let's say, help lessen a behavior, wh whether it be, you know, a violent behavior or, you know. It's just relief or relief or, or, or just a relief for your child. <clears throat> yeah, relief for you and your child, you know. Um, I, so, yeah, so that's... I think that's a really, really good point. And I, I, I know that we've had um, discussions about this with um, people who have commented or, or listened before. And there's it, it comes down to, once again, your intention and maybe maybe the actual definitions of the words you're using. I think a lot of people out there are saying the same things or, or meaning the same things, but saying it differently. Um, yes. And and we th there's a difference between trying to literally cure someone of the way that their brain functions and the way that they process information. I I don't necessarily think that is correct or or a good idea, um, because that is how you are born and how you are wired. Um, but right. but trying to give someone a better quality of life by changing their environment by changing their their chemical balance or their hormonal imbalances or chemical imbalances with medication or supplements or whatever you want to do by giving them tools through therapy. Um, that's not necessarily what I consider curing someone. I consider exactly. that yes. giving them yeah. a higher quality of life or more opportunities to be able to function at a, at a better, in a better way with their surroundings. Mm -hmm. So right. it's, 
I hope that makes sense to people. Like there's, there's a distinct difference between those two Mm -hmm. things and using the word cure for both of those situations can be misleading and, and, and give misinformation. So yeah. To go back to what Shannon was saying, it is, it is like the, the whole, just because you Googled something once and all of a sudden you were then bombarded with information you didn't even want to know, mm-hmm. right? On the regular basis when you're not even asking mm-hmm. for it. It's, it's, it's almost predatorial. Um, and yes, I mean, autism is an industry and it's, there's a lot of things about it that are not regulated because it's blown up to such an industry. That's right. how the things around the world work. So it's going to be up to us as advocates to, to work to put those regulations and, and proper mitigations in place um, so that those, pro- we, so families like ours can be more protected and not, s- especially in a time when it's not just information highway, it's, it's time of, of influencers and you have celebrity endorsements. And when you have mm-hmm. that rubber stamp of approval on certain things with some, you know, public figure you trust, you, you take that as the Bible and yeah. that's not necessarily the right way to go. And, you know, and being distinctive about like, yes, it's common for our kids, you know, you, you read it when you get your, you know, your diagnostic criteria for your child, you know, it's, it's common to have gut issues and sleep mm-hmm. issues and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Those are generalizations, but there are specifics around those things. Like for instance, like one of the things that I was told, you know, and that we were having Rory tested for was if he was properly methylating nutrients, Mm. which means that if something goes into his body, he may be getting, we might be giving him the thing that he needs, but he's not, his body's not absorbing the nutrients. That can be a common thing that can happen. There's so many nuance mm-hmm. to gut issues and diet. And that's why it's, it's very, mm, I mean, you have to be very cautious about what you at the parent are going to try because you could really be doing something to a detriment to your child and you just don't know it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think too, you know, we've had a lot of people request that we have gut specialists Mm -hmm. on and that we have, you know, these different specialists on. But I think you guys, you also have to understand that this is so different based on your child that it is a big liability for us to have somebody come on because we have to be really careful issuing broad statements because what is best for your child is not what's best for my child, which is not what's best for Brittany's child. And Mm -hmm. so that's where that gets really tough, you know, or you guys will ask the supplementation that we use, or you'll ask, you know, that sort of pharmaceuticals that we use for our children, you know, and it's like, same thing. It's a, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. (laughs) So, (laughs) so what we're saying, happy, Go ahead, Jean. But I'm always I'm always happy to talk about the exact uh, dr- pharmaceuticals we're using because those are regulated things. It's not like anybody can just mm-hmm. go out there and get them right. Right. And right. I would rather them get. I know for me, you know, it helps helps me, and mm-hmm. it would help another parent. It's helped many parents when I go. I've had firsthand experience with X, Y, and Z. And then this was what my, how my child reacted to it. 
-hmm. you know, it helps when you kind of have some real life models to that, the supplementation, because supplements are not, yes, aren't regulated, Um, regulated Mm -hmm. there. It's, I don't, I don't necessarily, that becomes much more seedy. That's kind of, yeah a lot of personal preference that's kind of like weighing out after you've done your kids, you know, blood work and tested all their levels to find out like what's right for them. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, you do a quality check on what you think is going to be safe for your kid. And if your physician, I mean, my, our physicians know exactly what my child's supplementation is. So it's not like, it's not withheld. It's not Mm -hmm. a secret. You know, it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's grouped into when they're examining, all right, cause they even added more supplements. I mean, Rory was getting migraines. And so one of the preventative things for migraines is taking B2. Mm-hmm. And so we added B2 to his daily, uh, supplementation, uh, as an example, but see, that was prescribed to me from the medical professional. That was not me just using Dr. In the Google. correct dosage. Right. The correct or Rory. Or Rory. Yeah. His bite, body size and weight, which is super important because mm-hmm. even too much of certain vitamins can have mm-hmm. very lethal effects yes. on yeah. our on our kids. And you don't you don't want to do that. So yeah, I do think, you know, every every gut specialist has a different lens. Some mm-hmm. of them you may see similarities in. Um but it, if you really know exactly concisely what your child's, we'll just even for that, I hate this word, but defect could be in their digestion or their intestinal tract or their stomach or whatever happens and that, like, you know, how it metabolizes and actually doing that full examination, then you can dive into that. But I just, it, otherwise it's just broad information. It's like, oh, well, I did this and this worked. Yes. Right. And because yep. I had one of those people on my page the other day and was like, oh, I followed the, these mom, this. And here's the thing. Parents that don't even have children on the spectrum are following other parents that have kids on the spectrum and, for and another reason or another. Stating and their they're agendas. getting this information. Mm-hmm. They're getting this information and then they're planning it to us. So yes. it's definitely like third-hand information at that point, And they're sending it and they're sending it to you and be like, oh, well, they've had good results. But I'm like, yeah, but you don't have the full picture. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the only thing that they're doing. And that's not, I, I, it's not the way that you measure it. I mean, we know, we know there is, there are ways to concisely measure or rubrics around what works for our kids and what doesn't. Um and there's so, a lot of unknowns. So I have a question then, ladies. What do we do then? What do you what do you do? How do you Yes, perfect. That's a decide? perfect way to to close this out, I think, because you know, how do each of us, but then also what is our advice to those newly in this in this world, in this community of autism, whether it's they have their diagnosis yet or they don't, or they're in the early stages of it, or just you know, maybe they're unfortunately falling prey again to, you know, disinformation and the agenda. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you have to do your due diligence. Mm -hmm. You can't take the words from some Facebook account with 30,000 followers Mm -hmm. who says that this is something that works. And I'm not saying that like what doctors say 
is gold 100% every yeah, time. I think you really have to go with your gut when it comes to your medical professionals. And, you know, we have switched doctors before because I didn't feel like I was being heard and I needed to advocate for Gracie and myself. But you really do need to be very careful. And I think, you know, um, if you ever hear us talk about cure culture, like understand that we are speaking out against the people who are preying on our families, who are trying to make money off of our families, who are suggesting things that may not be healthy to our children. Um, We don't have judgments for moms who want to help their kids digest their food better or absorb their vitamin B better, or there's, there's never any judgment, you know, for anything like that, but just please be so careful and, find out the intent of the people who you're finding the information from and really do some soul searching on the intent that you have when you are making these decisions for your Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And find a mentor, like literally find a mentor, people that you can trust that are good sounding boards Mm -hmm. that it's when you're trying to sort out this information. um, There's something that I learned recently especially when we're in a state of hyper arousal and we even know why we're researching all this information, we almost are also at a, we're at a disadvantage of not, you can be so traumatized. You can be in a disadvantage of not being able to learn. Like it actually can affect your executive functioning with the level of trauma and stress that you're feeling. And so you, it is, you do need a good sounding board. Don't, you know, there, there's still plenty of people that are think autism does need, I think it's, it's worth saying there, but the plenty of people out there for sure that think autism is, is evil needs to be cured. There's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, shouldn't be something that we accept, um, something we need to fix. Uh, there's plenty of that out there. There's also people out there that have crafted their language to, kind of have more finesse in saying that than outright saying that and knowing and, and being able to identify that that's what it's after. And then that's where Shannon's saying, make sure you do some self-reflecting if you're saying that you're looking to cure your child or your instead of versus you're trying to improve their, their quality, yeah, quality of life. life. Mm-hmm. And, and those people come in all forms. They're doctors, they are influencers, they have non nonprofits, they're celebrities, they come in every form. So um yeah, yeah. Discernment and and intent, you know. Yeah. I would say okay. um the best thing that I would the best piece of advice I can give anyone is to quote, diversify your portfolio. And what I mean by that yes. is is do your research. And, but you need to do research in multiple different ways. You need to talk to a doctor about it. Not Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could start there to learn maybe some terms. No, I mean, seriously, you could. Also understand that anybody can edit Wikipedia. Absolutely. So, I mean, but know that that's not a credible source. But at least you know, like, what to ask or what a, what a word even, like, maybe not even means, but what this word is. And then you can go from there. It's a place to just even learn the very, very basics, not even that those basics are necessarily true, but to just start some, you have to start somewhere, right? So yeah, use Google, talk to doctors, 
talk to therapists, talk to other parents in your area, look on social media, look at all of those different things, gather your information, judge it for yourself. And the ones that seem credible or seem like it's, it's legitimate, then do a deeper dive into those. Right. Yeah. And I will say, if you don't get it perfectly every single time, it's okay. Like we're all human too. And, and maybe you try something that isn't, you know, I, I'm not talking about extreme things. Like there's some pretty, pretty extreme things out there. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, there was a thing about like giving your kids bleach for a mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. and the, the benefits of doing yeah. that for autistic kids. That came I mean, from Dan doctors. That, that's ridiculous. Like that's ridiculous. And I'm it, not talking about stuff like that. Like clearly we're not going to do that. Right. But, but you could try a little something, something, or even a doctor suggesting a medication. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different, you know, relax, relaxer medications, seizure medications, ADHD medications out there. And sometimes you just kind of have to pick one and try it. Mm -hmm. Now you do it doing all the research and with a medical professional or whatever, but, but you have to start somewhere. Somewhere. So if you Mm -hmm. start a therapy or you start a medication and you start a supplement that seems like it's going to be, you know, a possible benefit for your child and it ends up not, it's okay. You can it's stop okay. doing that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very, very few situations where you would try something if you've done your research and you've looked at it carefully, where you're going to have a permanent negative effect for the rest of their lives. End of story. You know, right. you failed. Right. No, that's not, right. that's not necessarily true. But you do you do have to keep up on it. Like we've we've had many, many different prescription medications for Austin through the years. We've done research on them, we've looked at them, we've tried them, and they work for a while. And then they don't anymore. And I have to go back. Sometimes we try kind something of plateaus. Yeah, or it plateaus. Well, and, it changes and they change. Whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He grows, yep. he changes hormones. Or we try something for a week. And I know for sure it's not working anymore. Like that mm-hmm. a day, you know, no, this is not working. And you know immediately. And so, and then you stop, you just stop. We've done therapies where it, it just hasn't worked out. It's just not, I, I don't, I don't think this is appropriate for him, but I wouldn't have known if I hadn't tried it, you know? Right. So you just have to, I don't want anyone to just, be living in fear of trying anything because they're so worried they're going to make a mistake, I guess is right, what I'm trying to say. Right, right. Well, here's, here's what I want to clear up from the very beginning then was, so when I was telling my story, what the, what it was suggested to me was that I do a heavy metal detox. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes all the way back to Dan doctors and Dan doctors mm-hmm. have been completely, you know, uh, the whole protocol was discontinued. It's Dan doctor stands for, um, defeat autism now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all to basically that started around like that vaccines basically were, were the cause causing of autism mm-hmm. because there was mercury. Well, there's no more mercury, you know, in those vaccines. Um, and you know, um, which I now I forget now which one it was, but it was a long, long time ago. doesn't matter. Um, yeah. it doesn't matter, but the whole point is, so th- even though, Dan doctors have been stopped. They've lost their license. They're still, they've found a new way to practice. Yes. Number one. Number two, 
there are communities of parents that are keeping this idea alive and convincing Mm -hmm. other people, even people that don't have those children. So it's like, that is how pervasive and persuasive Mm -hmm. and influential it can be. And, and educating yourself and knowing that like, yeah, it seems all innocent. You're just scrolling TikTok, watching an entertaining reel. And then they're sending you this, you know, message about, oh, well, I'm also, look what I've done and look how much better and healthier he is. And because I'm doing this deep, well, how are you doing that? Because Mm -hmm. those practices have all been discontinued and how are you getting access to even doing that? And well, and again, why are you doing it to that? What is your intent? I think a really good rule of thumb too. It's just like if, if you are wondering, you get a phone call, right? And it's a bank or a, an institution saying that um, your, your credit card has been stolen and, and you need to give them this information. Like someone's trying to scam you, right? You get a scam call, right? They are, they are approaching you. They are initiating the conversation, right? That Mm -hmm. Instagram ad or that Facebook ad or whatever, it has been thrown into your algorithm and is now in your face. That's a very, very different as opposed to you doing the research and you initiating the conversation and you asking the questions, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a good rule of thumb too. If someone is either offering the information to you out of the blue or it's an ad or whatever that is being brought to your attention, um, that be I would be maybe a little bit more cautious at first with that information as opposed to you, you know, starting that research or starting that that initiated process of learning whatever therapy or medication or whatever it is. So it's just, you know, if you call your bank, you know it's legit versus your bank calling right. you and you're like, I don't know if this is really <laughs> yes. my bank or yes. not. So yeah, <laughs> just kind of keep that in mind. But but yeah, I mean, really, it, we'd love to talk about this some more. Like, it's and and I'm any sure questions? Yeah, any questions yeah. are welcome. We want we want you guys as our audience to to ask the hard questions, and and we want to you know help you navigate through them. You know, yeah, yes. So yeah, we we definitely do. It's it's. It's slippery slope, but there's there's so many good things out there. There's a lot of bad things too, but there's a lot of yes. really, really good things out there and things that we have found that have helped our children be happier and more able to um, navigate and, and interact with their world. Right. You yep. know, yeah. appropriately. Yeah, and absolutely. that's what it's all about. So yes, um, just keep asking questions and keep searching and and know that we're we're doing the same things and- Mm-hmm. Just do your best. That's all. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. Right. Yep. Amen, girls. Amen. <laughs> okay. We are going to wrap this up. Are we, should we peak it? Should we peak of the week? I'll peak it. Yes. I'll peak oh, it. Oh, I know you'll peak it. I will peak it. <laughs> Where's my cat? Um, oh. <laughs> They, uh, Rory has his, um, Rory actually has his third grade. I think I I mentioned it on another podcast, um, that like the preparations for, but tonight is his program, Mm -hmm. um, and the third grade program where he will have a line, um, in the performance, um, with his entire third grade body at his school. And so, 
I'm going to the board meeting late. Um, but I'm, and his therapists are coming with us. So that's, oh, that's great. Everyone's very well, perfect. Yeah. Yes. I love it. It's very cute. Yay. Go Rory. <laughs> How about you, Brittany Britt? Um, this week I, I'm trying to think peak of the weeks. I finished a book this week. I haven't Ooh. finished a book in a while because <laughs> I've just been so busy, but I took an hour yesterday and I finished a book and it felt really good to do that. And um, I'm also back on my exercise regimen and doing, I, I'm doing really, really well. I'm being consistent and um, I'm yes. happy. I'm not like all of a sudden lost all the weight I need to lose or I'm like super strong or anything, but it's just not nice even about that. Rhythm. It's not, it's, yes. I mean, of course I would love those things, but it's, it's about just having that routine and that rhythm and, and feeling like I accomplished that for myself. And, um, yeah. I've kind of reworked my schedule a little bit to, to make sure it happens every day and it's working so far. So I'm, yeah. I'm pleased with my efforts. Prior, um, it's been prioritizing I'm with you. your I'm pleased with you. physical and mental health, Britt. It's self-care. That's yeah, self-care. I've, I've been trying. And this is, you know, this is a busy time of year and it's really, really hard to fit that mm -hmm. in. And so if I can do mm -hmm. it now, the idea is, man, I can do it when it's not, you know, holidays yeah. <laughs> everywhere. So yeah. Yeah. Amen, girl. Shannon had to go. Um, so she gosh, did. wrap us up. Her peak is that she has a huge giant hole in her yard building her gigantic pool. Yeah. Oh. That's her <laughs> she, peak. And she got to pick out the tile and everything this week and it's going to look that awesome. Is guys. Shan Shannon's got a hole in her yard. Yes, she does, but she's going to have a gorgeous pool. It's a, um, it's a glorious hole. <laughs> Are we making this is not okay? We're going to leave that there. Uh, okay, go ahead. Tosh's peak of the week, my peak of the week is. Um, Tyler and I, uh, we just, we pulled the trigger and we are just going to Hawaii. We are going to Hawaii. Just him and I. Yeah, baby. Just solo. Next, ne in 2023, you're going to Hawaii. Well, yeah, but like no, when next this, week, when is this going to air? Week, so I'm, that's, I'm conf always confused about that anyway. So yes, Tyler and I in February, uh, 2023 are going to Hawaii. Just the two of us. Yay. That's awesome. Yes. You yeah. have the best and time. I'll be in the suitcase somewhere. <laughs> She's gonna pack herself into. Oh I'm just, gosh. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just I'm gonna, gonna get sneak in right here. I'm just gonna sneak in right Tyler here. Tyler will you love that. You won't, you, won't, <laughs> yeah. you won't even hear a thing. You won't see a thing, nothing. Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys. We hope this um episode was helpful. Again, uh, like we said, if you have any questions or concerns or just stuff that you want to bounce off of us, please always reach out to us at – what's our email? <laughs> Hello, Hello at Mom's Talk. That's right. It's fine. It's fine. Sorry, you guys. I have a lot of things in here I have to remember. Okay. Um, and also, you can reach out on our uh, Instagram platform. Uh, I do know what that is, uh, at Moms Talk Autism. <laughs> okay. I was ready just in case. <laughs> um, and do not forget to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you are thinking about 
this journey with us. We love um, to chat with you guys. We try to hit we all do. the messages that we can. We do. And and we want to hear what you guys want us to talk about. You know, we we want to know. We want to know the things. So um, all right. We love you. Goodbye. Until next time. Farewell. Hola. See you later. No. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Bye, guys. Goodbye. So bye. that's what I meant. Bye. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> bye.